Have you ever received news that was so good you literally could not believe it? News that was so good it felt like someone was playing a joke on you? It's like when your dream job finally comes through, or when someone close to you is released from jail early. When you find out that the experimental surgery was successful, or when a new baby is going to be born into your family. It's news that's so good, it's risky to believe. This is the news of the resurrection. It's news that is too momentous to be understood in just one annual Easter Sunday celebration. So we will continue to explore our Easter scriptures by traveling along with the news of the resurrection as it touches disciples far and wide. Today, our central figure is the disciple Thomas. One of the original 12, Thomas is a member of Jesus' inner circle. Over time, we have given Thomas a nickname, which is Doubting Thomas. You've heard of it. We get, he gets his name because when his friends tell him that Christ has returned, he does not believe them. And in the traditional interpretation of this passage, we aim to make an example of Thomas's weak faith. It's as if Thomas's doubt serves as a challenge for us, as if we ought to assume a faith that counters Thomas's doubt. But as I read this passage, I can't help but think that there might be some wisdom that comes from Thomas's doubt. And perhaps Thomas can model for us a kind of scientific faith, an ancient example that faith and reason are not contradictory. Thomas voices a need for a faith that is experienced. First, Thomas hears a rumor. Others have seen the risen Christ. They say that they know it was him because they saw the wounds on his hands. This is the kind of faith that we are familiar with. We hear the story and we believe. And we put the pieces together, even if they don't fit perfectly. Thomas has good reason to be doubtful of the resurrection. Jesus frequently warned of false prophets that others would come claiming that they were the Messiah, and it is the responsibility of the faithful to be cautious. And then, of course, as somebody living under Roman occupation, Thomas is no stranger to fake news. The Roman army touts the slogan, peace and security, while tax collectors harass the poorest for money that they did not have, and bodies hung crucified for days on the cross. Putting faith in a truth has consequences. And in a time when truth itself is under debate, we must be able to discern which truths we put our faith in or risk being duped by religious and political powers. Thomas's model of faith is one that can help us learn how to be discerning. First, he observes. Then, he tests. And then, he draws conclusions based on evidence. Thomas is not convinced by the testimonies of his friends, and I don't think that we can blame him too much. Had we been in Thomas's position, had we witnessed the crucifixion, the violence, the finitude, the brokenness of that Friday, we would likely relate to Thomas's doubt. Thomas cannot simply believe a story that opposes what has really happened. Thomas needs a kind of certainty that only direct observation can satisfy to put his hands over the wounds of Christ's crucified and resurrected body, 
such an intimate act offers Thomas the certainty not only of reason, but of body. We know that faith is true not just because we see it, but because we feel it. It is this knowledge, the knowledge of the body, the certainty of touch, the physical witness of the resurrection that turns Thomas's understanding. He needs to see and then to touch in order to believe. Thomas's doubt serves a purpose for this scripture narrative. He gives us the scientific evidence of the resurrection. He, as a character, serves as a placeholder for our own doubt. Thomas is somebody that we can point to and say that we know that Jesus died and rose from the tomb because Thomas was there. And not only did he see the wounds, but he touched them too. He experienced the fullness of Jesus' resurrected body. And Thomas guides us through this crisis of faith. He sees, he touches, he believes. Thomas bears witness and gives us the freedom to believe. But then the question is, to believe in what? The resurrection isn't just about Jesus' physical body, although that is a very important part, a miraculous event that has captured human imagination for the last 2,000 years. It It is also a resurrection of the vision that he taught, the life that he inspires us to live. Because the moral vision of a beloved community hangs on the cross right alongside of Jesus. As the Messiah is tried as a common criminal, the faith that he teaches is called into question as well. The quest for the beloved community falls victim to the status quo. Love is abandoned by the disciples, and justice flees. The crucifixion shakes the moral ground that we stand on, but the resurrection rebirths hope in the vision. Jesus' resurrection is proof in the truth of our faith. It is the evidence that we have been looking for. The kingdom of heaven is here. We have not been abandoned by God. The empire does not have the final say. The church does not have the final say. The masses do not have the final say. Only God has the final say, and God is on our side. God is on the side of the faithful, those who already see the beloved community, a vision where the lonely are lifted up, the powerful are brought down from their thrones, the hungry are fed, and the vulnerable are protected. They see it because it's already here, waiting among us, just needing to be brought out. The resurrection grants us the freedom to create the space for that vision to unfold. Resting in the assurance of faith, the disciples start to construct. We learn about these experiments in the book of Acts. The apostles work to put their faith into practice. They follow the teachings of Jesus. They sell their belongings. They share the wealth among each other, and their vision grows. Others join them. They sell their land. They donate their profits to a common change purse. They distribute money to each other as is needed, and they construct a vision of how to live together. It's a community that provides for one another. It's a life that takes seriously the teachings of Jesus. It is the kind of risk that requires the freedom that only faith can provide. 
It is the freedom to dream about a world where justice and love dictate the means of peace and security. Faith allows the disciples to put their vision of faith into practice. It's belief that is so powerful that we are compelled to practice. Our faith is justified when we can touch it, point to it. Our spirits swell when we are confronted with the transformational power of faithful people who have the courage to show us in real time ways that we can touch and feel the presence of God in our midst. The faith of the resurrection is the faith to put our fingers into the scarred body of the risen Christ and reckon with the reality that we are the ones who have caused those scars. Thomas needs to see the scars because he knows very well what they look like. And I think that those scars are so important to Thomas because he feels responsible for them. Thomas stands with the rest of the disciples in need of forgiveness and in need of the freedom that forgiveness offers us to start again. The scars in the Christ body are still there. They still haunt us today. They lie in waiting for us in a constant stream of news updates. Everywhere we turn, there's another scar calling our attention. It's the autopsy report that shows the bullet wounds of a police shooting, the countless number of people who fall as casualties to war, it's the stream of homelessness that we walk past on the streets, in the subway, in the park, during our lunch break. It's the rising opioid epidemic, the rising number of prisoners that have fallen victim to the US's war on drugs. It's the bodies of women who are valued by a currency of sexuality, the compensation of minimum wage workers who work two to three jobs and still can't make ends meet. It's the terror of our immigration crisis. Children who don't know if their parents will be there when they get home from school. And caregivers who don't know who will take care of their children in the event that they are picked up by ICE. Yes, the scars in the body of Christ are pulsing. And how are we to respond? Well, we respond with faith. And maybe even with faith like Thomas. We see, we touch, and we believe. We see a vision of a just reality. We tell stories about it. We witness God in our midst. We discern what the Holy Spirit is beckoning us toward. And then we reach out and touch others. We journey into their realities. We learn how we are different. We learn how we are the same. We learn the things that we have done that we need to ask forgiveness for. And we touch the spiritual wounds of others begging for that forgiveness. And then we believe. We believe like our lives depend on it. It is this belief in the resurrection, the belief that we are working for the kingdom of heaven that guides our moral compass, this belief that springs up from in us and, and grants us the courage to do justice, the belief that makes us restless with comfortable lifestyles and propels us into unknown territory. This belief is the assurance that grounded in faith, God goes with us and supports us as we work to uncover this vision of community that is already among us and always becoming. This is a faith that calls us into relationship. It calls us to get our hands a little dirty. It joins us in a communion of saints 
that connects us to a vision that extends through the course of human history. And as many have said, the moral arc of the universe is long, but it points toward justice. The resurrection means that we do not have to wait to be saved. We are empowered with the ability to respond. We have the freedom to bend that arc of human history a little bit closer to the side of justice when we see opportunities. And while many would wait for God to intervene, Easter is a reminder to us today that we are the ones charged to do the spiritual work of the resurrection. We believe in a faith that calls us to love our neighbors, feed the hungry, welcome the stranger, protect the destitute, provide for the vulnerable. These things are the things that Jesus taught us to do. They are the building blocks of the kingdom of heaven. And as we continue on our mission to spread the good news that God is with us, we can take bigger risks in our faith. Grounded in faith, our moral compass, we are empowered to do things that others say are impossible. How did the disciples know that God wanted them to create a socialist utopian society? <laughs> because it was a way that they could see and touch the vision for that beloved community. Did it last? No. <laughs> it was a risk that they took because they believed. Faith gives us the freedom to experiment like the disciples. It calls us to construct new ways to reveal the vision of the kingdom of heaven, that beloved community that is already in our midst. Faith is present before us, new life that we do not yet understand. And if we have the courage to ask questions, we might just find the assurance of our faith in something that we can touch.